Welcome to episode five of the podcast, Three About the Pegs. I'm joined by the great Kitmeister, Bill. How are you going? Dave, on uh, on a real high. <laughs> Feeling good. Well, that brings us into the man, Nathan Turnbull. How are you? Good, boys. How's it going? Fantastic. We're very well. And this podcast could have went two ways last week. It could have been a grilling or it could be reveling in victory. And We're in victory. Yes, the mighty key defender saluted at Parks the other night. Uh, it was a great night for all. It's not. We won't get the timeline backwards, but Nathan, obviously, uh, well, I'm sure you didn't really care as much as us, but a <laughs> good night. Um, although I did have a lot of pressure on me, so yeah, it was a very, very good night, relieving, and finally put his right foot forward. It was great. And that was about one of, what, two or three winners for the night? Yeah, we got three that night. That was the only one I drove, but young... Blake Mickliffe drove two for me, so good night in the training ranks, and the big fella towed me to victory. And what about the absolute imbecile hanging over the fence at the finish line? Did you see him during the race? Or? See him? He nearly, <laughs> he's nearly out on the track with me. Nah, that's what it's all about. It was great. I loved it. I've showed about five people the replay, and they just go, who's that idiot down the front? Hey, that was me, and I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. Now, we'll probably get into the story of the horse a bit later on, but, Nate, we'll start with you. Um, tell us about your early childhood. Where were you born, raised? Yeah, always been out here at Lagoon. We were born in Bathurst and raised out here at Lagoon and went to Lagoon Public School up the road. There was only, like, 16 kids in the whole school and they'd said, like, half of them were terrible, so it was pretty much just <laughs> someone trying to teach us to read and... Succeeded with about maybe 30% of us, I think, can read and others can't. Now, that's probably a good place to start because we've had a fan question said to ask about a ruler during primary school. Did you, did you cop the ruler much? Um, I, I did a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> Kissing girls when I wasn't supposed to get smacked with the ruler. That's, no, no, that's, come, that's come straight from Jason. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, when did you sort of get into the horses? It's obviously probably you come out of the womb riding track work, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Just um, straight away. It's all we ever knew. Back then when we were sort of babies, we were off to the races all weekend. Back in them days, they sort of raced like Carroll Park Friday nights and then they'd race at, say, Blaney on a Saturday afternoon and then you'd jump in the truck and go to parks that night, like two metres yeah, on right. a Saturday. And there was no Sunday racing back then but when we were kids. But back then, like, there was no Sky Channel or Pub Tab or nothing. So that's when all the crowds were always just at the races and that when yeah. we were kids. So a lot more atmosphere back then. And, um, yeah, but to answer your question, yeah, just always... Always been in the trots, yep. Yeah, and you always had a like a hand in it. You were out working flat out as a as a kid in the stables, or did you sort of take a bit of a back seat? No, always full straight into it. Like, cause if Dad had one quite enough for us to drive, we, you know, even prayed it for him and everything at the races when we were kids. Couldn't even reach the stirrups. We'll drive around the parade <laughs> ring, and like nowadays they'd just throw the buckets if you let a kid do it. But that's just how it was back then. It was all. Family orientated and everything was good to go, but now with the way the world is, like everyone's worried about getting sued and stuff like that. But the things we used to do when we were kids and that with the horses, like there's no way you could get away with it now. And is that something you've sort of passed on to your young fellow? I see he's always mad about the trots as well. Yeah, it's been 
100%, but it's been hard because, like you said, you're always in strife if he does touch one or anything. You've got yep. someone ringing up and blowing up and dobbing him into the stewards, but he, he's just mad on it. He He's always out there helping me, and he's mad. He's got the mini trotting, and we're off to the mini truck championships this weekend up at Tamworth. So. Yeah, that's good fun watching that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you tipped him to me and he got beat on the line. <laughs> he, he came back from eight, 800 metres, I'd say. Um, so when was your first sort of competitive drive then, as early as possible? Driving track work, yeah, I can't even remember my first drive. It was probably that long ago. Like, even when, because we jogged the horses in the car and that, like, I can remember sitting in a baby seat in the driver's seat so I could reach the pedal so I could jog the horses for Dad, like... <laughs> Just so I could reach and see over the steering wheel, like that's yep. what it was like out here on the farm. Anything sort of went, and um, anyway, you could get help. Dad, he'd make us do it too, like because he had always sort of had you know fifty horses, so there was always something to do. Now it's a massive operation. Now your dad was it always that size? Like there was always big numbers of horses. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Even like when we were younger kids, see that's when even grandfather was still. Yep. Flat picky then, like he'd ha- he'd have 40 to 50 as well. And then dad had 40 or 50. And then you had Craig, he, he sort of had 20 or so. And then Greg was up the road, yep. Jason's father. And they always sort of had 20 to 30. So. And was there always workers coming and going? Like there'd be a bit of a turnover in the workers or it was just down to the family? No, it was a lot of workers and that, yeah had always sort of had a foreman and stuff like that and they had always had people coming and going and yep. stuff like that yeah like i don't know anything about the trots but what i do know if i wanted to learn it'd be around the turnbulls which is sort of what you're doing too bill a bit you've learned a lot from nathan i'd say yeah definitely buddy yeah if you ever if, if you want to learn about the, the trotting game then this is a place to come yeah you've only got to watch them do track work and there's about 60 horses going around at one time so i was yeah. delivering for more hoods and I nearly ran into about 20 of them down the bottom there. Yeah, I Flying on my phone to you, I think, at the time. Yeah, uh, it's bloody horses everywhere. That's, so, that's sort of where we're blessed as well. Like, um, you never stop learning or something might come up you don't know about. Like, they're, they're, it's only, you know, 100 metres where you go ask Dad or yep. Amanda or Josh or, you know, even Jason up the road. Or, you know, there's always well, you someone. Can't learn much to, from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what not to do. <laughs> but, um, that's you know like they're always there if you need a hand or something so you're always learning yeah now your first uh driving a race can you remember that yeah i remember that one um there's one for dad and it ran second Jeez. so that that was good good start and then a couple of weeks later we got our first winner it was actually for craig my first winner so got the ball rolling and away we went do you remember the name of it cherokee charmer was my first winner how did yeah. you win it um, I was in the one one and I actually it was favourite and like pretty nervous, best chance probably to win a race so far and I got a bloke ran over me, flat me wheel at the bell. And I'm like, oh, no. oh, surely not, but luckily it had enough on him to still win with a flat tire, it was good. Yeah, right. So what about the training side? When did you step into that? That wasn't until sort of real later on. I um I was out when I had my broken leg. Um, busted knee from getting kicked. I um, just come back in and Jack Butler got me driving some track work for him and I still just had my leg brace on and then he went to Queensland. And then that's sort of when we moved into here and 
give the train a bit of a crack. Yeah, so, so it, it's only sort of been going for maybe five or six years. So up until that point, you were just driving flat out. Just to drive. I just you. always just yeah, just worked for dad and people and yep. drove. How have you found the transition into? Well, aren't you still obviously driving a lot, but that responsibility of training and that as well. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like we, like I said, I worked for dad for a lot of years and. Um, just even when he went away, like traveling all the time with Smooth Sat, and even it was um, sort of put on our shoulders to take over and sort of run the show. Yep. And um, so we you learn a lot doing it all that way. So it's not as if I just come in here not knowing what was yep. going on. But um, like I said, to this day, you're still learning every day. But I, I really enjoy the training side of it. It's You get a real kick out of it when you improve on. Yeah, and it's... Um probably not so much just the training side but then there's it's a, your own business how have you found that putting up with owners like ourselves and that sort of thing nah it's always pretty good like everything everything's good while you're winning and that and um you do feel the pressure when sort of things aren't going to plan and you know you're having a bad run or if a horse gets hurt or something you just it, it's a massive kick in the guts but it, that's just harness racing ups and downs of it yeah and and Bill was telling me um, you sort of stepped away there for a little while. You had a break. Yeah. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, well, that was when um, me and Carly were together and we just had had Jet. He was dead set only a few months old. And um, it was when all the horses got the equine influenza, EI. Yeah. Racing was all shut down. A bit like the pandemic just went through, really. Yeah. And... Um, all the horses sort of went for spells and stuff like that. There was nothing doing, and I'm scratching my head thinking, how am I going to make enough money to feed myself, let alone yeah, a kid. young family. And um, so I went and got a job in a factory, and um, sort of just give the driving away. I was away for about five years, I reckon. And um, when I when I was doing that, I was working for Pete Russo a bit, and then I started just doing a bit of shoeing for a bit of extra cash, and. Um, yep. It came about that Dad's farrier was, you know, retiring and Dad said it's something you should really think about taking up. Like, you know, you only have to shoe three horses a day to earn what you earn eight-hour shifts. Yeah. And he goes, you should, you know, you're good enough, so why don't you give it a crack? So that's what I did and slowly got back into it. Yeah. And now you're sort of out outside with the horses and it's fairly active and that, and then you're in a factory. Did you go mad or did you enjoy it? Uh, no, pretty much. It was all right to start with because it was dead set <laughs> like a holiday, really. Yeah. Because with the horses, it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You don't stop thinking about, you know, where you've got to race next or... And there's always something to do, wash gear or one needs shorn or something like that. There's always something to do. Whereas yeah. in the factory, you just went there eight hours, went home and you went back, you know, 16 yeah. hours time for another eight hour Someone shift and you had probably... weekends off. Like, you, I hadn't had a weekend. I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like, and... yeah. Now, just probably on that, tell us about your last week. You said the horses is flat out. You never get a day off. You, you've yeah. been all over the countryside. You you need a new ute, a new truck probably. Yeah, yeah we had a pretty hectic week. This uh, The gold crown was on, so that's always good social side of it. And then, but the last week we sort of had Bathurst on the Wednesday, and then Thursday, the young meet got transferred to Thursday, so we went there, and then we went to Menangle Friday night, back to Bathurst on Saturday night, and then out to Parks on, 
you know, Sunday night and then you back up and had to go to the trials last night. So I dead said hadn't been oh, home yeah. for a week and you yeah. best want to do this podcast <laughs> tonight. So. Hey, busy schedules, mate. Busy schedules. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, I didn't sleep a wink Sunday night. I was sweet. That was one night, let alone four or five. I've been rattled for a couple of days. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It doesn't help how many beers you had on Saturday night. Yeah, that's probably a fair point. You have a couple. Tip a few in, yeah. <laughs> um, and now, this is probably an ignorant question, so don't get the shits with me, but I, I don't know anything about the game, like I said, but what I sort of notice is you're at the moment, you can get a lot of good results from horses that other people sort of struggle with. So, like, yeah. um, is that something that you've done on purpose or is it just coincidence? Because you do have, like, unique training methods, would you say that? Like, you're, you are a little bit different to most... To most trainers, and I think I think it works. In, in with no, horses, no, no. Or, <laughs> well, but... in my head, <laughs> I no, didn't want to say that. Um, yeah, it's just sort of the way it's worked out. Um, like I said, you don't stop learning, but I learn a lot off people that I've worked for over the years. And Dad was unreal with sort of any horse he had, let alone the older ones. But Josh is unreal with the babies and that. He does all the breaking in and stuff. I'm not into that much. Got yep. to be too patient and stuff like that. Whereas <laughs> these one, yeah, you just sort of get them. We've had a good, good results doing it. So whatever's working, and that sort of seems to be my call. And just getting sort of things that aren't good enough for Sydney, even and stuff like that. I had a good yep. run there of getting horses from sort of blokes that train at Penrith and that, taking them out in the bush. It's a bit easier racing, and it's just yep. about placing the horse where they can win, really. Yeah, and without giving too much away, is it, have you found? Um sort of not giving them as much work or is there anything any sort of strategy to it or you just play each horse by yeah you just play each horse all different really like some of them you've got to hammer the work into others you just back off them and when they're racing week in week out i don't don't think they need too much in between you know a couple of like canners is sort of where i go and leave the hobbles off and they sort of dead set more than Easily more than 50% of miles just don't wear hobbles unless it's at, on race day. Like, I just canter yep. them a lot and keep them fresh and happy and, you know, ticking over. Like I said, when they're racing week in, week out, especially the times they run now, you don't have to do too much in between because yep. they're sort of rock-hard fit anyway. Yeah. And and you spoke about the strategy of it. You pick, you're very astute with picking what races you can get to and, and you're doing the travel to go target them races. Yeah, well, that's it. You've you got a place where they can win, like I said... Last year with the um, pandemic we just went through and we could only race at Bathurst, it didn't suit my horses at all. And I, like my dad said, I had about eight horses here for a while. Like I, I was yeah. nearly busted. I didn't know what I was going to do. But now she's all open back up and we're back up to, you know, like 17 and that and um, going good. And like I said, yeah, I'm not afraid to, you know, go to Canberra or Tamworth or somewhere when... Where they, yes, you just got to place them where they can win. There's no point in going to Bathurst each week if you're getting a touch up. You might yeah. as well go out where they're competitive. Yep. Um, with with branching away from your dad, it's a massive name in the industry. Turnbull, do you feel the pressure of that, or did you feel like you got to com- not compete, but do you compare yourself to them, or being sort of the son of the man that he is? Yeah. No, it's not. I just look at it as really that I'm lucky to even have have him, you know, like I said, yeah. if I have some a horse is doing my head in he's the first bike I just go and see about what can I do. Like and he's 
you know, he's not some bloke that's going to say, oh, I'm not telling him, work it out for yourself. Like, he'll come and help yeah. you straight away anytime there's a drama. But, yeah, no, nah, complete opposite, really. There's no jealousy or nothing. It's just nah. sort of more... Pre- pressure, though? Um, no, nah, not really. I don't sort of worry about that too much because, like you said, at the end of the day, most of us I've got here have just come off someone else. Like, I don't have people forking out big money for... yeah. Kiwis or, you know, or babies like the yearlings. Like I yeah. said, everything sort of here has been tried by someone else. And at the end of the day, it's, yeah, not at all really. Like a, I don't have any pressure like that. I would if, you know, some bloke bought me $200,000 worth of horses and it wasn't doing nothing. Well, that's, I'd that's, feel more than... That's a, not us. <laughs> I'd feel more pressure there than, than you know, yeah. Steve being your dad. It's yeah. like... A, no pressure at all. Yeah. Um, we'll probably go on to how we sort of got um, tied up with you, Bill. Tell us about how we got the horse, so the mighty key defender that just won, and then how it ended up over at Nathan's. Uh, key defender, yeah. Well, I was actually I was actually just looking online one day, and this horse popped up. And I went on and had a look at its form and what it had been doing, and seen that it had really good form when it was a three-year-old, and just thought, stuff it, I'm just going to buy it. So you struggled to seal the deal. You had to get me on the phone. To... That's definitely not what happened. <laughs> uh, I got the deal done, and then yeah, managed to get a couple of other lunatics in the horse with Bill Long and yourself. And uh, yeah, we ended up getting him up here just uh, was it a day before the yeah, borders? Yeah, they shut everything with COVID. It was probably about a year ago now. Really. Yeah, it was only a year. It was actually a year ago, two days before he won. So um, yeah, we we got him here, and he got off the truck and. I didn't know what to expect. The bloke, the bloke sort of said, oh yeah, well you can go in and take him off. And I was actually shitting myself because I thought he might've been a lunatic or anything and got him off and he was a big dopey bastard. And um, yeah, I sort of jogged him up for a bit and then uh, ended up sending him over to know. So. And then we had, um, what the first prep, what did you think originally when he turned up? When he turned up, like that was when Billy said, look, I've got this horse. I bought it real cheap, but I think I know why, because I can't breathe when I just walk it. <laughs> well, that was the it. thing. I got it off the truck, and I was walking it to its stable, and it was... <laughs> yeah. I couldn't walk. I couldn't breathe. So. And I just... Um, like you on after that pack of Winnie Reds. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> give him a couple of canners and that, and I said, look, I think we'll just try this cannon him along and give him a trial and see what happens. And like if he shows you nothing, you know, move him on as it show ponies that pretty that's where he'll end up but i thought when he i got him up to trial and we got to the races although he only ran seventh he didn't get beat too far and he legit just couldn't breathe and i said look mate there's this operation they do that's your only option it's the show pony or this operation and it's a bit of money and kudos to billy for Having the kahunas to fork out and get it done, and you too, I guess. And I will curse him at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and that's like the other night. He's got rewarded for it by doing it for him because, um, yeah, as soon as he came back, you could tell straight away his breathing had improved yeah. and stuff like that. Although he's he tried super his first couple, and then we just thought he'd win his first couple, and he didn't sort of do too much. So I was struggling with what to do, but. It wasn't his breathing doing it. It was just we just had to tinker with his gear a bit, and um, the other night he showed what he can do. Yeah, because what we went out to parks originally at the start, and like you said, he, he was doing everything right, and then just yeah. dropped out. We tried super, like he 
<clears throat> against some nice enough horses too, both times in good time. So we sort of, you know, pretty bullish of his chances and yeah. went out there and it was exactly like he went running out and everyone was sort of scratching head, like what happened? Why didn't, you know, he didn't live up to his trials at all. But I said, like I said to Billy, don't worry, like his work's fine and everything. We've just got to get his head right. Because it was like he, uh, I compared it to his footy when you're out of confidence and that, you, you know. You're dropping balls everywhere and stuff like that. But when it's the same with the horses, sometimes they just need a bit of confidence. And yeah, it's the same even with just a horse. I've got Bruhaha that's flying at the moment. Like his form was terrible two months ago. Yeah, but he just got back into an easier grade, got a couple of seconds and thought, you know, got his zest back a bit and went bang and won three straight again. and End up He's in an angle, didn't he? Yeah, 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 he went down there and ran third the other night. So it's, it's all about confidence too. Going back to with what you said about with me training, sometimes a lot of the horses come here out of form, which makes it, you know, easier to look like I've improved them because they come here with no yeah. good form. So when you just can work, you know, that's the joys of having Dad just over there too. You can pick and choose who you want to work with or something, you know, if you want to yeah. give one sort of an easy kill, you know, like sit on some some two-year-olds even and pull out and yeah. beat them. And this horse thinks, how good is this? I'm flying. But <laughs> he doesn't know. He's only going about 210. But, yeah. you know, sometimes, like I said, they only just need a bit of confidence and get their ass back and yep. away they go. Yeah, of course. Um, on to yourself a bit more. What What's your biggest ever winner? What's your most memorable race or one that sticks in your mind? Um, I was... I had a horse called Samson Master. He ran, um, he won a semi-final of the Breeders' Challenge. That was pretty special that night. And then in the final, he dead set got beat ahead. Oh, no. So that, but that whole series was pretty special. And then he went on to go into the Chariots of Fire the next year. That was special just to be a part of. Yep. That was the year, of course, you get one good enough to go in it. And that was the year Lazarus was there. <laughs> was the best horse I've ever seen. <laughs> But it was just cool to even be in the barn with him, you know. Yeah. You wanted to be down there. Like Mark Purden's walking around for Lazarus and I'm sitting in the corner with Samson Master, <laughs> you know. Like you you feel a bit out of place. But um, it was just cool to be a part of all that. But training-wise, so I got um, some babies. Like I said, I'm not usually into the babies much. But we had an owner fork out some money and bought us some yearlings one year. And the following year, we trifected the sale race. Yeah, right. That was a pretty special thing to do. So. Yeah. But um, as far as that, yeah, there hasn't been any major ones. I ran second in a couple of group ones. I haven't got the group one yet, but uh, that'll be it's coming. something. Yeah, but like I said, special. even being in there, uh, yeah. we sort of like to, to a grand final, really, and that's a, yeah, it's a massive achievement. Yeah, for sure. Uh, talk to us about Power Red. I'll see a bloody photo on the wall here. Uh, tell us about how you how you got the horse and then sort of some some unique trainer methods that you adopted with him. Yeah, well, he's... It's funnily enough, he came off dad like champion trainer and, it, you know, he he broke his leg as a two-year-old and um, he had a rod in his leg all his life and um, dad was jogging him on the jog and he'd just pull back all the way and when they hobbled him, he just was unenthusiastic, wouldn't go. So they went down all the scans on his legs and everything and they, and they said, look, he's 100% sound, he's good to go. He just needs a change of atmosphere or something like that. Yeah. And um, Dad got in contact with the owner and said, look, Nathan's got the... Because I've got a swimming pool here for the horses where Dad's got the water walker, but, they, you know, they only walk up to the chest in water. Like, I've got the full pool. 
And he said, you mind giving it to Nathan and just try that if it doesn't work, you know, maybe move him on or whatever. And yeah. he come up here and I started swimming him and then I took him down for a canter one day and Dad said, don't canter him, you'll go through his foot because he used to cross fire real bad. And I said, well, we've got nothing to lose. And he goes, right, I then. So away he went and cantered and didn't go anywhere near it. And by the end of it, he wasn't even wearing boots when I used to gallop him. He just didn't go anywhere near his foot at all. And that's sort of why he only ever went real good at Menangle, not so much the smaller tracks, because yeah. he still would cross fire with the hobbles on and stuff. But, um, yeah, he just used to canter one day or gallop one day and then swim the next. He never went on a jogging machine or wore the hobbles unless it was a race day. Yeah, right. And away he went and sort of he won 10 races at Menangle. Jesus. And um, that'd be alright. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was he's just a real cool horse and do anything with like. Jet used to ride him into the pool and then ride around on, <laughs> it, on his back in the pool, like because towards the end he got a bit cunning and just wouldn't go in the pool. Like he, your dad said, he's like a big sloth just pulling him around the circle, really. But when Jet would jump on his back, he'd swim like all back, and Jet would be on his back like a little rag doll swinging off this big horse. <laughs> But it made him go, so no, he he was cool, and I appreciate Arne and Stephen giving me the opportunity to train such a good horse. Cause, like I said, to win ten down there it was a massive yeah. achievement. It's it's big to just get there, let alone yeah, be a winning chance every time you're there. Hundred percent. Like you said, if you're footy, it's dead set like first grade down there. We're just yeah. bush players up here. Like <laughs> you go down there, it's pretty daunting sometimes. Like you were saying about Lazarus being in the stable. Remember when? Harry had that horse, and we were just taking sneaky photos of Tiger Tara the whole time. We were just looking at it the whole time, weren't we? Amazed at how good it looked. (laughs) Yeah, see anything like it. Thinking, if we go and pat it, well, I might come and tackle us, or what do we do? So when I led Bruhar in that night, he looked like a mini shotter compared to all them big boppers that are in the free for all. And I got this little fellow in the country series, but. (laughs) What about injuries wise? It's a bit of a theme with all the driving, it's obviously a dangerous sport. any oh, actually, forward? before we get into that, what's the story about you on a on a on a mower? We've been up, we've been told to ask you about that. <laughs> well, I was just about to <laughs> bring that up because t- to touch wood, race four was. I've been pretty lucky. I've had you know my fair share, but never anything too serious. Yeah. Um, plenty of skin off over the years and stuff, but I do sort of more damage off the track. <laughs> I, the first time I busted my knee, I was shorting a horse and actually lashed out with his back leg and, and I snapped the MCL. So that put me out for six months. And that's when I sort of, like I said, but everything happens for a reason. That's when about four months into it, Jack Butler said, can I come out and just drive some eelings? He's got a heap of babies that are, just need someone to work them together, you know? Yeah. And that's how that all panned out. Then the next time it wasn't probably as fortunate. It didn't work out too well, but I drove a double at Menangle Saturday night, come home Sunday and was mowing my lawns and broke both my legs on a lawnmower. It just proves <laughs> you should just go and get drunk and celebrate the two wins and not do the right thing and mow your lawn. There's only two blokes I know that have injured themselves on a ride on lawnmower and it's now you and Aaron Griffiths. Yeah. Aaron had a fall out of Billy's. <laughs> Mad bastard. Very similar. Uh, how long did it take you to get back from the, your legs and you were out? Well, I suppose you couldn't do it real handy around the horses. Nah, not at all. You were down to get around with it. Oh, one of my legs was completely broken and the other one, I must have braced a little bit and it just chipped the bones in my ankle. So I sort of only had a, 
it was in plaster for the first week until they done done another x-ray and it was just um i just wore a moon boot for that one so i was able to get around a bit but <laughs> put a hold on what we were up to anyway you sort of had 20 here and we had to cut right back because carly was sort of doing most of them and yeah but she was unreal because yeah she was just working the horses and she'd gear them up and dad and mitch and that would run up and drive for it like yeah said it's just the joys of having family close like they'd yeah. come and help and you'd be sitting yeah. on a chair giving I'd be sitting right them. where I am now. <laughs> having a coffee, <laughs> watching them all. Just got yeah. the binoculars out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Bart Cummins, just go out on my veranda and clock them, go back inside. Yeah, two-way radio. Yeah. Uh, so where you, where's the next 12 months? Where do you see yourself? Um, ideal world? What would you like to get out of it? Yeah, just we're, we're happy at the moment, poking along. Everything's sort of going good. We sort of set ourselves a goal every year to sort of get to 50 that's sort of one a week nelly so yeah we start off with that and then just ride the roller coaster the first month of the year i got two winners and then the next two months i think i'm up i'm running i'm running eighth on the premiership in new south wales at the moment wow. i'm 15 so how good it, it's up and down but um like i said now if everything opened back up we can travel again hopefully we'll just keep turning them over and do that yeah. and before you know it, Jed will be driving, so yeah. he's sort of got a bit over 12 months before he can start driving in the trials, so hopefully we can, you know. What age can you get on for real? Um, he's allowed to start driving in trials at 15, Yeah. and then you've got to have 20 trial drives, but so after you that can't weekend. drive in a race until you're 16, so he's sort of got 12 months to do it. Yep. But on yeah, as soon as he's 16, he's good to go, so we'll just try and... Park along and set him yeah, up and yep. go from there. Without putting any added pressure on that, um, I think we've got 12 months to win a race in Menangle or Billy. 18, mate. 18, 18 months. months. Or Billy's doing a nerdy run from where here to over on That's it. That's just a little man, just a little side bet me and Jason Turnbull had. But <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly confident that it'll be him, not me. So we'll just wait and see. I thought after his first race start, it was just win a race didn't jason come back that also only win one race yeah, yeah. Uh, jason he's been throwing shade on my horses for years so. <laughs> um now tell us about having bill helping you out at the, at the trots is it a help or more of a hindrance oh. no it's not real <laughs> like a big strong fella stone mason i thought he'll handle this and i asked him to you know get ones a drink the other night and give some a piss and he, he was busted by about race two or he went missing so rattles had a, had a big saturday night so yeah <laughs> no he's good but um like i said there isn't too many saturdays he doesn't bring out a baked egg roll and a hot chocolate i look forward to that and <laughs> gives me a hand and loves the horses so it's good and like i said to him because he, he's sort of keen to take it up a bit and i said never be afraid to ask a question or and because yeah. around here like you're honestly you'd sort of don't learn something until you stuff up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I said, you're not going to wreck anything, but it's sort of something that when you're doing something wrong, I'll pick it up and tell you how to do it the right way. Yeah. Like, it's not something you can sit down with a rule book and say, here's the rules, yeah. it's the go, but it's just something you pick up gradually over time. And then, and back to sort of what we're saying about your training style, do you believe in, like, feel? Can you get a feel for a horse or can you just, is yeah. that real? Yeah, like, even like I said, I can a lot and even 
Billy said, how do you know? How's he going to measure up at the trial? The trial with the holes on and that. And I said, trust me, he's right. He's ready. Like, got the heart rate and you know yeah. how, what they're working, if they're going to be good to go or not. And then it's just a matter of, yeah, obviously you don't take them to the track of a horse. You don't know without putting the holes on one or two times. But it's, um, you just get a feel for them and you know when one's got one's it and one doesn't. Yeah. And and even just sort of having Bill there, like all the travel you're doing at it, it would help just having someone travelling down with you. And like the trots, what I've noticed is very social atmosphere. Like yeah. when you go young or whatever, I'm sure you've got heaps of mates down there. And yeah, it's it is a, obviously it's hard work, but it's a good social side as well. Yeah, everything's sweet while you're there and that. And then like I said, it's some long trips home if you're yeah. by yourself and that. But Carly always comes with me pretty much. And then if she can't. Sort of Jed will come. He gets yeah. a few days off school here and there. <laughs> he loves it. He comes to Canberra with me and stuff, and um, he loves it because we just jump up in the truck and get yep. KFC and put the radio on <laughs> flat Vicky and sing some gangster songs and we're good to go. <laughs> so is is he always been interested from when he was born, or is it? Um, definitely, like since we moved out here, like I said, we've only sort of been out here for nearly five years now. So probably the first bit of his life he wasn't up until, you know, six or seven. Yeah. But since we moved out here and, like, he just, like, took it straight up and, and loves it. Yeah. He, yeah. Now he just lives and breathes it. Like, I'll be sitting there watching the movie and he'll come run out. Luke just won four at Menangle. <laughs> Shut up and watch the movie. <laughs> Uh, hopefully he hasn't got your tab account now. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't try and double it. Like, mine's not going real good. <laughs> um, so we generally have three questions th- that we ask everyone. And again, for the, about the fifth time in a row, I haven't given to you beforehand, which I need to start doing. What would you spend your last hundred bucks on? Probably ring Billy and say, do you want to go to the Panna? <laughs> Turn it in Have more, a count or... lunch and try and double it. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you touched on it a bit there. Was sort of like you've learned a lot of things from making mistakes and that. What's something at the time that you thought was a big mistake but actually turned out to be a blessing or you learned a big life lesson from? Um, probably not one thing stands out. Just plenty of things over the years, you know. It's something like you only learn from your mistakes. Like that's where going back to dad, he was unreal when we were just learning the drive and that, you know, you hear people blowing up at their drives and that. Dad would never do that to us kids when we were growing up. Like on the way home in the truck, you know, he'd say, what were you doing and that? Like, but at the <laughs> yeah. races, when your emotions are high, when it could be easy to say, what the F were you doing? Yeah. He would wait to you and just say, and talk you through it. Like I still remember as a kid, I was driving one for him and it, it was going to lead and he goes, whatever you do, do not kick. The only one that will beat you, it will be sitting on you. So don't kick away. So I kicked away and it beat me. <laughs> and he just, like, didn't even really look at me when we are on gearing and that. But you, you just knew. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you beat yourself up enough without being told it, you know. Yeah. And then you got in the truck and he goes, what did I tell you? I said, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, a cricket coach like that. He was like Wayne Bennett. He pretty much he's, he wouldn't say anything. He'd just stand there and shake yeah. his head. He'd just have his arms folded, shaking his head. And yeah, you just you know. You'd stuff that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Bill, what's your biggest roasting? you ever been absolutely roasted by a coach or anything like that? Yeah, had had, had, had my fair share of my time. Uh, I think the biggest one was um, from Craig Bellamy, <laughs> as, as you could probably imagine. Uh, dropped. 
two balls in a row and then he walked up to me and grabbed both of my hands and asked me what they were and I said, <laughs> and my hands, and he said, well, fucking catch the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was probably my biggest one. Yeah, very good. Right, oh, no, third question. Um, Sunday morning, you're down and out, hungover as all hell. What's your go-to meal to get you back up and running? Straight to the Colonel. Yeah, that, <laughs> mate, that's four in a row. Yeah, we're not getting a sponsorship. <laughs> we're gunning for a sponsorship. Um, right, I know. Well, thanks heaps for joining us. Um, Bill, so, uh, the questions for us. We yeah, always do that at that, the end. That's your oh, yeah. lead-in. Uh, yeah, any questions for us, Nathan? We always like to finish off with that. All right, well, I'll start with you, Bill. Where do you see yourself in 12 months' time? Oh, jeez. And how many steeds will you own by then? I'm thinking you got to get something soon. Get that license and... Nah, mate, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy with how things are going with NT Racing. So. Pre, pre-train for the NT? Yeah, I actually really enjoy doing the pre-train <laughs> stuff. Um, I, I'd like to train a horse sometime but no i actually really enjoy the the pre-training and then seeing them come up and then sending them over here and they're nearly ready to go and then someone who knows what they're doing exactly <laughs> the, no. one, the one you train yourself maybe just own it yourself so you don't have to yeah, put up I'm with definitely doing notice. that i won't be getting dave sellers into that because i'm sick of answering all these hey, questions i just like to know what's the plan where are we going you only like to you know the get, plan you could get bill long to pay in um hash cookies no thanks <laughs> Uh, I, I like to, I'm a front runner So when things are going good I like to know and oh, When they're going bad I, I definitely <laughs> noticed that like, Dave can you go and Throw that horse a biscuit of hay Nah mate so, Oh I've been out there yeah. Me and Brian Griffiths Taught you how to gear up A few times That didn't happen <laughs> um, And I've been told Not to do this But I'm going to do it anyway We've received a complaint About the podcast What's doing there Bill? Don't know mate There was uh, There was a There was a complaint Forwarded on to the the power brokers at harness at uh, New South Wales Harness Racing, and uh, yeah, I got asked a few questions the other night about it, but um, no, they were all good. Um, it was just someone that we obviously upset in one of the podcasts, and uh, we're really really sorry for that. I've I've been losing a lot of sleep over that, so uh, I think it was Joe Rogan. He's heard that there's a couple of new bikes on the scene. Potentially, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks again, Nate. Thanks a lot for joining us, mate, and. All the best um, in the next, say, 12 months or... Yeah, we'll sit down in 12 months and see uh, how things are going then. See what comes to fruition. I reckon as soon as we get that, that Menangle win, we film Jason, we go live on the podcast, run a naked, and we'll, we'll, we'll record him in the back of a car or something. We could be banned, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, thanks a Thank lot. You. Thanks, boys.